0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. Jesus is the reason. Amen. And I'm going to talk to you about, you know, the miracles of Christmas and uh, having, you know, I really think Christmas and I don't know if, can anybody remember about being a child and being in a state of expectancy? Amen. And I'm going to say this expectancy is the ingredient for miracles. Do you believe that today? And we need to have an expectant faith. Amen. Believing that God's going to do something awesome. Do you believe that God can do something awesome even, even this year? Amen. Maybe you've been believing God for some things. You haven't seen some things come through. I'm telling you, He, he can pop your bubble this year. And if it doesn't come through this year, it's going to come through next year. Amen? You believe that today? I believe that. I believe that we serve a God of miracles. Amen. Somebody say, I walk, I walk by faith. And not by sight. By sight. Glory to God. So, uh, you know, why did Jesus have to come? First of all, he had to come because God promised it in his word. Do you know the Bible said that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. That's an awesome statement. Think about that. Jesus was slain before the foundation. In other words, God already knew in his mind's eye that man was going to mess up. Did you know that? You know, it didn't come to a big surprise to God that Adam and Eve would fall. Did you know that he, he knew that they had the potential to fall? He didn't want them to fall. You know, some people say, well, why did he put that snake in the garden? You know, Adam had, he had uh, ...the authority to kick that snake out of the garden. He had the authority to kick the devil out. Amen? But he didn't take his authority, his God-given authority. And I'm going to say this, and some people say, Why did God allow the devil to be here? Because love always has to be tested. You know, our love walk has to always be tested. You know, we're going to be tested in our faith walk with God. You know, when we're not seeing the things come to pass... ...like we're believing God for, we're going to be tested... But God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. faithful. And so, you know, right here in Genesis, this is the fall of man in chapter 3 where Adam and Eve fell and sin came into the world. You know, God really created this world to be like heaven. It it was never supposed to be messed up. We weren't supposed to have killing and crime and all that in this world. Yet, this world has problems. That's why Jesus is coming back. You know, Jesus is coming back to fix the world. Amen? Praise God. But until that, you know, we are here. And, you know, Jesus says we are the salt and the light. You know you are preserving this world right now? Do you know you, being a Christian, hopefully you're a praying Christian. Hopefully you're a witnessing Christian. Hopefully you're doing something for the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm talking to somebody today. You're preserving this world. Say, I'm preserving... This world. If Christmas never came, where would we be at? Woo, have you ever thought about that? I don't even know if people would just still, if this planet would still be existing because the only goodness that's in this planet comes from God. Amen. Some say, well, there's, there's people are good. They have good. No, no. People, the Bible says people, you know, they we're created and, and the goodness that people have is only the goodness that God puts in us. Do you believe that today? Because we are naturally selfish, self-centered. I'm not talking to anybody today. Because, you know, you're thinking about Christmas and all you're thinking about is what you're going to get. Is that right? Sometimes we think about, what am I going to get for Christmas? But Do you ever think about what you're going to give for Christmas? Are you, are you, are you, you know, some of us, we, you know, as children, we think about what we're going to get. But we really need to think about what we're going to give. Amen. I remember that one time that, um, uh, that uh, I was picking out, uh, this was when I was young, I don't know if I was maybe eight, nine years of age, and uh, my mom allowed us to go to a toy store, and I had to pick out uh, a present for my brother, and I picked out the very thing I wanted for myself. You know, and it was these dinosaurs, these prehistoric dinosaurs, and I really wanted it for myself. I mean, this is what I wanted, but I said, no, nah, my, my brother probably would like this, because I like it. And I don't know, he saw me picking it out. I don't know. And he picked out the same thing, and I got it for Christmas. Man, I was so excited about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But you know what? It's not about getting, it's about giving. Somebody say, I'm a giver. Amen. But it's also, I'm gonna say this, and in the in the mess, in the body of this message, it's not just about giving, it's also about receiving too. Did you know that? You know, the, the Bible talks about giving and receiving. You know, if you're a good giver, you need to be a good receiver. Can I say that again? If you're a good giver, you must be a good receiver. Because, you know, that's how we receive the gift of Jesus. You have to learn to receive him, to those who receive God. Amen? Become children of God. So in Genesis, uh, you know, God is is pronouncing uh, the curse on mankind. He's He's pronouncing the curse on, on Adam, and he said, you know, you know, he's going to toil for his work, and he's going to sweat from the brow, you know, from his brow. And he's going to have to work hard, and then the woman, she's going to have some issues too. And then he came to, to the serpent, and he says to the serpent right here in Genesis three fifteen, and this is where this is where it all begins because all through the scriptures in the Old Testament. you're going to to see prophecies about Jesus. About Jesus coming, amen, to this earth. And so it's all through it, but it it started right very off in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And he says in Genesis 3.15, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Wait a second, back that truck up. A woman doesn't have seed. A woman has egg. A man has seed. But you know what? God's word is likened to seed. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And when Mary, when she said, let it be unto me according to thy word, when she spoke to the angel, that, when she believed that word, it was a seed of God's word that, that caused Mary to get pregnant. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And it says, I'll put in, in, enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and that seed is capitalized, by the way, in the scripture. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? And he shall bruise your head. Talking about the serpent. You know, the devil, he's called the dragon. He's called, the, he's called a snake, amen. Even though he took of the body of a snake, he indwelt the body of, of a snake. Uh, he, he is the serpent of old, the Bible says. And it says, and he, uh, it says, and he shall bruise your head. And... And he and you shall bruise his hill. And I like another translation that says that, that Jesus, and he is talking about Jesus, Jesus will crush the head of the devil. That's awesome. Because the devil hates you, hates me, hates mankind. Why does the devil hate us so much? Because we are made in the image of God. When you look in the mirror today, you're looking at God. Amen? In other words, God is in you. You're looking at an image of God. We are made in His image. I like what one person that walked in miracles, his name was John G. Lake, and he, he did great miracles in the early 30s, and he had a great healing uh, uh, ministry in Spokane, Washington, and he taught people how to lay hands on the sick, and, and, he would, and they would pray, and Spokane, Washington became one of the healthiest na- uh, cities in, the world, in, in this nation. And, uh, but he would look in the mirror, and he would say, God lives big in you. Say that God lives big, big in me. In, me. in Isaiah 7.14, it says this way, because, because we know this, and you have to believe this, that Mary was a virgin. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Some will try to say, no, she no, the, the scripture says young woman. No, no, it's virgin. And it says in Genesis uh, 3 uh, or 7.14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, this is a prophetic word. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. I love that. I love the name of Emmanuel. What does that mean? I'm telling you, when I'm going through problems and going through issues, anybody ever go through them? I want to know that God is with me. I want to know that he is Emmanuel. God, somebody say God is. With me. I'm going to get you preaching today. I'm, going to, I'm telling you that faith is activated by our words. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we need to start confessing some things. We need to start speaking the promises of God's word. So so it says in Isaiah 14. I love this and I, I can't pass this up. And, you know, I could because, you know, I have a lot of scripture here. But Isaiah 9 6 through 7. I love this. You've probably seen this on Christmas cards, but I love this. This is about Jesus, a prophetic word about Jesus. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. And the government will be upon his shoulders. Amen. On, can somebody say amen on that? Because I don't know about you, but I like righteous government. You know, a lot of problems with a lot of these nations that are poor. And struggling. They don't have problems with, with the resources in their country. They're, they're wealthy. They have wealthy resources. What they normally have problems with is corrupt government. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And corrupt government takes all the money. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But thank God you know our government's not perfect, but thank God it, it's based on, on a good system, thank the Lord. Thank God there are Christian people that put, put our government together, thank God. Thank God it is biblically based. Can I get an amen in here? I'm glad I live in America. My God, you could have you grown up with, with, under tyranny and, and we could be in a, in a house church underground right now. You should be thankful. Glory to God. I'm thankful for this building. I'm thankful for the landscaping they did out there that I didn't have to do. I th- glory to God. I'm, thank, I'm thankful for the trees and everything that's set up that I didn't have to try to get set up. Amen? Thank God. i am tell, tell you, we need to start being a little bit more thankful. And when we start being thankful about the goodness of God in our life, it's going to expand our capacity to receive. Do you believe that today? So he says here, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. And when you say that word, wonderful, you really study it out. Really, Jesus is the God of wonders. In other words, Jesus wants to do some wonders in your life. I love it when Jesus came on the scene. He, I'm telling you, you cannot meet Jesus and not change. I mean, Jesus changed things. He, he messed up good funerals. Are you listening to that? He raised the dead at a funeral. I mean, he messed up good funerals, amen? He didn't allow the dead to die. He raised them up. He didn't allow the sick to stay sick. He raised them up. He would get them raised up. He didn't allow a wedding to go dry and have no wine. No, he, he, he created some wine. I'm telling you, can somebody say amen on that? Amen. Glory, I'm not telling you to go out and get sloshed tonight or anything, but... Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people say, well, that was not fermented wine. I don't know, but praise It was probably the Welchers' great juice of the day. You know, Welchers' is great juice is not fermented. How many people like Welchers? Okay, we won't. Praise God. Amen. So, so we're talking about here that, that his name is wonderful. I love this counselor. I'm telling you, he's a mighty counselor, isn't he? Thank God he counseled you today to be in church today. Amen. He gives us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit counsels us. Uh, It also says he's a mighty God. Mighty God. There's no God like our God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus, you know, sometimes people say, well, Jesus uh, came to give peace to this world. There's no scripture in the Bible that says he came to bring peace to the world. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. There's no, no, he said peace on earth and goodwill towards men. He said peace on earth, but, but, but Jesus, there's no real scripture that says that he's going to bring peace until Jesus, until Jesus comes and sets up his earthly kingdom. Down here, peace is not going to reign on this earth. It's going to reign in men's hearts. If you have Jesus sitting on the throne of your heart, you should have the Prince of Peace sitting on the throne of your heart. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Jesus said in this world you're gonna have tribulation. But he said, be of good fear. No, he didn't say that. He said, be of good. That was that was a reverse track. Be of good cheer. Because why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. I like it. The world. And we can overcome this world. I'm looking at overcomers today. I'm telling you, we are overcomers because of Jesus. The Bible says our faith causes us to be triumphant in Christ. Does anybody have any faith in here? You do because you showed up today, glory to God. It takes faith to make it a church, glory to God. And so he should be called a prince of peace. Of the increase of his government... And peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish and with judgment and justice from the time forward and, and forever. The, I love this part right here. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love that. In other words, God, he has power in himself to perform whatever he's going to do. Yeah, I'm telling you, if he, can, you, you know, he works through us. But if, 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 you don't, if you don't obey him, he's going to find somebody else. Hello. If you don't obey him, he's going to find somebody to move through and work through. Why? Because he's going to bless mankind through us. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so Jesus came, and I got about three messages this morning. Is that all right? Can we hang out for a few minutes? Oh, man, it's quiet in here. Uh, first, Jesus came... And I'm going to talk about three keys here. Jesus came to save us. Amen? He came to save mankind. I love what it says in John 3, 16. I give the scripture quite often. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that that the world through him might be... saved and I like that because you know you have not only do you have the gift of eternal life this morning if you have Jesus in your heart but you have the gift of no condemnation what does that mean pastor that means listen you may have a past you may have done some bad things in the past you may have done some bad things last week But if you go to John 1, 9 and ask God to forgive you of your sins, he is righteous and just to forgive you and cleanse you from some unrighteousness. Thank you for helping me preach. From all, all, all unrighteousness. In other words, you need to let go of your past. You need to let go of those mistakes. A spirit of condemnation will will always dwarf your faith. We can't allow condemnation to be in our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? No, no, we, no. You listen, you have the blood of Jesus working for you. And that blood is constantly cleansing you from some, no, from all unrighteousness. I love what it says in John ten ten. Jesus did not come to give us religion. Some people say, oh, yeah, Christianity is a religion. It's one of the top religions of the world. Yeah, but, but Christianity is really not a religion. Even though it's classified that way, it's really a relationship. You know, you know, Christianity is truly a relationship with God Almighty through His Son, Jesus. It's a relationship. It's not joining a church, amen, and joining a church is good. It's not doing good works, and doing good works is good. It's having a relationship based on Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so I love this because it says here, uh, the, the thief, in John 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life. Jesus came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Jesus actually said this. This is in red. Jesus said, I didn't come to establish a religion. I didn't come to establish a set of rules to live by. No, I came to, to give you life. We have life today. Amen. We have eternal life abiding on the inside of us. We have, you know, and that life, you know, in Romans 8 it says that it's the the law of life in Christ Jesus. And I love that because it sets you free from the law of sin and death. You know, the law of sin and death is in this world. And you know, we as Christians, you can partake of it. Not for me today. How do you partake of the law of sin and death? Start speaking some stuff out of your mouth. Start sowing some bad stuff. And you'll start walking in sin and death. I, I'm not going to walk in it. Start showing some good stuff. Start, start being the light of the world. So men can see your good works and what? Glorify God who is in heaven. Or are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love what Romans 6.23 says. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I like what the Amplified says. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's awesome. You need to get excited about your salvation. You need to get excited that God, you listen, you you thought you chose God, but you didn't choose God. He chose you. Oh, can I say that again? Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. If you just came out here just just for that statement alone, it was worth coming out to church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, you, you, you think you were smart enough to choose God. No, God chose you. He picked you. He called you, what? To bear good fruit for him. He chose you. He knew he knew he was getting a mess up when he got you. He knew the mistakes you were going to make when he picked you. He already knew how many mistakes you were going to make. Don't be beating yourself up on those mistakes. You have a, no condemnation. Somebody say no condemnation. In Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8. And so, and so He knew what He was getting. He chose you out of this world. What? To be a light for Him. Glory to God. Amen. The second reason why He came was to, to, to indwell us. You know, God wants to indwell the believer by the Holy Spirit. And it says here that, you know, it says, nevertheless, this is John 16:7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking. It is your advantage that I go away, because he was about ready to go to the cross. He was talking to the disciples and us. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus came so that not only can he pay for our sins, glory to God, hallelujah. We're We're not just saved sinners. You know, that sounds like, I'm a saved sinner. No, no, you're more than just a saved sinner. No, you're a redeemed person. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're not just a saved sinner. You're a redeemed one. Somebody say, I'm a redeemed one. Somebody might say, I'm just a saved sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner. You're saved by grace. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus called... Man, that's why Jesus became sin on the cross. He didn't sin. He, he became sin. So that he took on the nature of sin so we can take on the nature of Jesus. Woo! Man, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Glory to God. Are you listening? Somebody say, I have the nature of Jesus on the inside of me. John 14, 16, 18 says, I pray that the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you, and I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus is saying this. He's saying that I'm going to the Father. This is awesome. But he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to abide in each one of us. To get you to hop around a little bit. Woo, glory to God. Am I talking to a live church today or a dead church today? I'm trying to revive some people today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, God is so good. And number three, I love this, what Jesus came to do. You know, he came to save us. He came to, to die on the cross so we could send the Holy Spirit to abide in us. Amen. Glory to God. But not only that, hallelujah, he came to destroy the works of the evil one. Did you know that he came to destroy the works of the evil one? In 1 John 3, 8, it says here, uh, and this is the Amplified, and um, this is the, the end part of it. Well, I can read the whole thing. Says, but he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil. Takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violating the divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Think about that. What are the works of the devil? We already know what the works are. It's anything bad. Can I say it again? It's sickness. That's a work of the devil. How do you know that? Because Jesus went around healing people and he went around, he reversed the curse. And the Bible says how Jesus in Acts 10 8 was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So sickness, Jesus came to undo sickness in our life. Jesus came to undo bondage in our life. Jesus came to undo anything that will hurt us in our... Are you listening to me today? Or have you gone home? He came to destroy the works. I love Colossians 2.15. It, 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 this is talking about Jesus. Uh, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphant over them in it. This is talking about Jesus. It's when he went to the cross and he went to hell, and, and, they, and they thought they had him when he was in hell, but what he did was he turned on the light and they scattered. I'm talking about the demonic strongholds that try to keep Jesus. They tried to keep Jesus down there, but they couldn't keep him down there. Why? Because, Je- because, because God Almighty gave Jesus the name that's above every name. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. All you listen to what I say to you, we have to bow to the name of Jesus. We know the devils are scared of Jesus because every time he would walk in, sometimes he would walk in a church, and somebody would be fooling the devil in the church. What? There people were of the devil in the church? In the synagogues, yeah. And they say, Jesus, did you come and torment us before the time? And they were scared of Jesus. And I'm going to say this, devils should be scared of you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So let me just, let me, let me give you my second part of my message today. Talking about walking in the miracles. Zachariah and Elizabeth had a miracle. And, uh, and this is awesome. In Luke 1, 5 through 20, it says, There was a days inherit the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias in the division of Abijah. His his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both, I love this, they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child. I love that because that that tells me sometimes we may see a little curse in our life, or there might be some things happening that's not right, but but it's not always because we're doing something wrong. Just because there might be a little curse in your life, a, a, a little bit of sickness here, doesn't mean that you opened the door to it. We live in a fallen world. And right here, it was saying that, that she was barren. That Elizabeth was barren. That they both were, were, were barren. Amen? They, they, they wanted to have children. That was important in that day and age for for, for, for a married couple to have children. Amen? So, so it says they were advanced. Uh, it says Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. I would say this: you may be barren today, but I'm telling you, you get a hold of God's word, you keep doing the right things, you're going to see God's miracles in your life. You believe that today? So it says. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division according to the custom of the priesthood. His lot fell to burn incense, and when he went to the temple, just talking about Zacharias the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside of the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I'm telling you, you look at an angel, you knowing these angels I hear are like 10 feet tall. They're pretty awesome looking specimens, amen. Uh, you can say creatures, glory to God. And you know, when you see an angel, you probably drop and fall too. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Today? And he was troubled, and he probably studied. I'm sure he studied the Old Testament, where angels would could wipe out a city. Amen. So you want to make sure that you're in good graces with God if an angel shows up. Amen. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zacharias. For your I love this. For your prayer, it doesn't say prayers. It says your prayer is heard. What does that mean? That means when you believe God, you pray once and thank Him the rest of the time." Are you listening? I'm just giving you some nuggets this morning. It didn't say your prayers, your constant prayers to God, finally caused God to say, okay, I'm going to give you what you're asking me for. No, he said your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and I love this, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even in his mother's womb. And he will turn many to the children of Israel, to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, he he said, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well-advanced in years. He, he was politically correct to say his wife was well advanced in years instead of saying she's old as dust. Amen. He was very politically correct in saying that. She's well advanced in years. So, so, she, so, so you know, I always say this, I, I believe angels can detect and know our heart attitudes in our words. Angels are awesome that God created angels and, 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 and this angel was Gabriel that has stood in the presence of God Almighty. I'm telling you, angels are amazing creatures, amen? And he said, how shall I know, for I am an old man, and my wife has advanced years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, see, see listen, he wasn't a good receiver. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You've got to be a good receiver. When somebody wants to give you something, take it. Receive it. Freely give. The Bible says freely receive. You have to be a good... I love to give, but it's hard for me to receive. Listen, you need to be a good receiver too. But he wasn't a good receiver. and, And he says here, and you bring these glad tidings, but behold, you... Then this is what Gabriel did. Behold, you will be mute and not able to speak... Until the day these things take place, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, you know, I preach this all the time, that faith is the key to unlock the blessings of God in our lives. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? That faith opens the door. It's impossible, the Bible says, to please God without faith, Hebrews eleven six. So faith is, 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 is important. Wouldn't you agree? You can't walk, you know, you can't get saved without faith. You know, you walk by faith and not by sight. We, we, we live by faith. Faith is important, and that gets it. I, I teach that all the time. But you know what? There's another attribute of God that's, that's great and awesome. You ready to hear this? You ready to hear this awesome attribute of God? Mercy. When your faith can't take you there, because it sure wasn't Zacharias' faith that got him there, that's going to get him John. It was the mercy of God that got him John nine months later. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? See, when Peter, when Peter saw Jesus walking on that water that day, and Peter said, "If that be you, Jesus, bid me onto the water," and Jesus said, "Come," and Peter walked on the water. And I'm telling you, it's one thing for Jesus, the Son of God, to walk on water. But think about Peter, an average man, a a mess up, because he was a mess up at times. Think about Peter. He would get angry, upset, he he, he would get prideful. Anybody like Peter in here? And, And he's walking on the water, strutting on the water. And all of a sudden, the wind and the waves and everything, and he loses focus of Jesus, and he starts sinking. And he says, help! Can somebody say, thank God, for mercy. thank God for mercy? I'm telling you, where faith won't get you there, God's mercy can. That's enough for you just to go home right now. I can drop the mic right now. I can drop the mic. Are you, are you listening? <laughs> thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah! Man! I, And, uh, and so, so, uh, so, so what was the keys to, to their miracle? Well, they walked upright before the Lord. You, you know, if you want to walk in the miracles of God, you need to be a person of integrity. Did I say it right? Integrity. You have to be a person that walks upright. They said they walked upright before the Lord. What does that mean? You're a person of integrity. You're honest and upright before God and before people. You're not crooked in your dealings. You're you're, you're honest. Oh man, this is going big like over like a lead balloon. You're honest. It says, for the Lord is righteous. I love this in Psalms 11. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. I love what Psalms 125 says, Lord, do good to those who are good and to those who are upright in heart. God does good to those who are good. Yeah, It's not based on our works per se, but God sees our heart, and the Bible says his eyes go to and fro, searching this entire planet out to find those whose hearts are upright before him. God's looking for somebody with some integrity. He's looking for somebody that's... Like, sometimes it hurts to be an integrity person. It is, so it's not always easy to, to do it the right way. There's always shortcuts in this world. The enemy always wants you to take a shortcut. Leave your cart just there instead of put it back where it needs to go. Okay, I won't go there. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And listen, in Psalms 18:24. Therefore the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, more character... This is Psalms 20, 18 And spiritual integrity according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Glory to God. Number two, if we're going to walk in the miracles of God, uh, it said they serve God faithfully. We've got to be faithful. The Bible says, who can find a faithful man? And listen, it's not easy being faithful all the time. Because sometimes we don't want to be faithful. Sometimes we don't want to show up at church. Sometimes we don't want to read our Bible. Sometimes we don't want to witness. Do I get a witness in here today? Do you always feel like praising the Lord? And my head worship leader said, no, I'm I, Lord Jesus. Honest. Glory to God. I knew I could. I love this lady because she's honest. Amen. God wants honesty, glory to God. He knows that that we're just flesh and blood and that we struggle down here. I love what it says in the Bible. It's hard for me to understand this, but the Bible actually said that Jesus, now listen to me, Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Wow, what a statement. What, I mean, in other words, Pastor, does that mean i got to suffer some things? You're going to probably suffer some things. You're going to, there's going to be a suffering time down here. Just getting up Sunday mornings and getting dressed and trying to get it all together can be a, a degree of suffering. Of course, it's not like trying to walk miles to a meeting like they do in, in some countries. I mean, we got it made. We sit in a heated car, come in here. We barely walk. You don't even, are you hearing what I'm saying today? They walked everywhere back in Jesus' time. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We have it easy. Say, I have it easy. And then we're not in an underground church this morning in fear of being thrown in prison this morning. Somebody say, I have it easy. We have, any, and so so it should be easy for it says a faithful man will abound with blessings. Proverbs twenty eight twenty says, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Galatians six nine says this way. So let not get let, so let's not get tired in doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So these are good faithful scriptures. Standing in faith when you're believing God and you haven't seen the promises yet and you're, you're just holding on. Continue to hold on. When you've done that, oh, stand. And keep standing. And keep standing. And keep standing. And, keep, and get somebody to help you stand if you have to. But keep standing. Amen. Hebrews ten thirty-five 35, says, Do not cast away your confidence. Which is great reward for you have need of endurance or patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know, Zacharias. You know, they believed, and it was all. And I believe that God is a God of perfect timing. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And you know, it's 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 really interesting, really pretty neat that God had uh, John be born of older parents, and you know, John was really classified. As an old testament prophet. Your John was a prophet, and he was really classified as an old testament prophet. He was fire and brimstone. And so he was, and and Jesus said he was one of the greatest prophets ever known in the Bible. One of the greatest. And so he was raised up, and it was older parents. And I believe that I, I said this before, but I got the revelation that I believe that they passed away before they before he was executed that they didn't have to experience their son being executed at the king's wishes. You know, he had his head cut off. You know, you know that. And I believe that, they, that, that God strategically had them at that age. Glory to God. And, 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 and also, you know, spiritually speaking, it's because they were older. And I love this, that Mary was young. And we're going to talk about Mary for a second. And we're going to talk about what made Mary, uh, uh, why God chose Mary, amen? And, and I'm closing up, amen? And, and, and it says here that uh, in Luke uh, 1, 26 to 38, says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to, me a, ma- uh, to, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. That's an amazing statement right there. I'm going to say this to you today. If you have Jesus in your heart, you're a highly favored one today. You have God's favor on you today. The Bible says that God surrounds the righteous as with a shield of favor. Somebody say, I believe that. You've got to believe that you have favor today. That favor is opening doors for you. Amen. And he says, Rejoice, highly favored one. And the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know man? And see, see, she she wasn't speaking in unbelief. She was just, she was asking how it was going to be done. That's a good, you know, she was thinking, can this be done through Joseph? You know, her her betrothed, amen? I mean, that would, that would be nice if it could be done by, that way. But you no, know, they, they, the angel didn't give her the answer that she probably wanted. And they, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? To get pregnant out of wedlock was not good back then. Do you know to get pregnant out of wedlock, they, you could get stoned for that. I'm not talking about getting a six-pack of beer and, and getting a little wild. I'm talking about that they could take stones and stone a woman. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? And, and, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. This is now the sixth month for her who were called barren. For, I love this part right here. Underline this in your Bible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing with God. I know it doesn't matter what you're dealing with, what kind of sickness, disease, what kind of problem. Nothing is too big for God. you believe that today? Nothing's too big. All things, all things, all things, all things, all things are possible to those that believe. And even when our doubt and unbelief is soaking in, then God's mercy can come in. Oh, Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm, I'm closing down here. And it says here she. It says here th- these are keys. Uh, she walked in purity. You know, she, she was a virgin. She walked in pure. If you're going to walk in the miracles of God, you have to have a pure heart. It says in 1 Timothy 1, five. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Amen. In 2 Timothy 2.22, it says, Flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness. And that's only one place in the Bible that talks about fleeing. And there's no other place that it talks about you need to run from something. We don't, see, there's no armor that, that God gives us in our backside. There's no armor for us retreating. All the armor is in the front. In other words, we forge on. We don't back up. We don't turn around. No, we forge on in God. Somebody say, I'm forging on in God. So she walked in purity. And so we need to flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call the Lord out of a pure heart. Then number two key, she walked in humility. I'm telling you, she said, she said here, uh, 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 said the Holy Spirit of the power of the highest will come, uh, shall overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived. But this is what she said. She said, Mary said, behold, the, your maidservant, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done according to your word. She saw herself as a maidservant. In other words, if you're going to walk in some humility, you're going to have to learn to have a heart of a servant. Somebody say, get a servant's heart. heart. Oh, man, that's, that's humility 101. When we start getting a servant's heart, she said, "The maid servant of the Lord, let it be done unto me." In James it says here, but he gives more grace. Somebody say more grace. To to uh uh, he gives more grace to the uh, humble. He says God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James four ten says, "Humble yourself on the side of God, and He will raise you up." In uh in Luke four eleven it says, "For whoever exalts himself will be humbled." But whoever humbles himself will be lifted up. I'm saying, you know, think about this. Think about what is the greatest, and I'm closing here. What is, I'm trying to close, but what 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 is the greatest attribute that we can walk in? Yes, humility is. It's one of the greatest virtues that we can walk in. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. He wasn't born in a kingdom, he wasn't born in a mansion. He wasn't born. Think about Jesus. He was born in a humble manger. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords identified with the lowest of low. Jesus came to identify with mankind. And not only that, he, the angels could have came to the kings. They could have came to, to, to other people that, that, had, that had, you know, the Pharisees. They could have came to the people of the church. No, but, but the angels came to the shepherds, and shepherds were humble people. And they were working by night. And they were working in the darkness. And, and they had hard jobs. And God is here to, to come to send Jesus, to set us free from the bondages of darkness and brokenness that we all have, appear to be in at times in our lives. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, he, so, he, so Jesus was born in a humble manger. That's pretty awesome. And so, so that, that's, a, that's a key. Humility is a key. Uh, and the greatest virtues, amen? Uh, uh, man, can I read this? Can I read this? Now, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to some people, to all people. Amen. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will towards man. I'm telling you, God, Jesus came, and you know, I'm, I'm going to say this, God's not mad at you anymore. God's not angry with you. No, his anger was put on Jesus at the cross. When Jesus came into this planet, glory of God. You know, Jesus always existed. It didn't start in Bethlehem. He always existed with God the Father. In the very beginning was the word of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Woo! Glory to God. When I read my Bible, and when you read your Bible, you should be seeing grace and seeing truth in the Word. It should not be any condemnation when you're reading it. Unless you're walking in some kind of sin. Amen? No, it should be grace and Jesus came, Moses came to bring the law. The law is hard, but Jesus came to bring grace and truth. When that lady was caught in adultery, and they threw that lady down on the ground, and they said, the law says that she should be stoned. What do you think, Jesus? And Jesus is walking about giving mercy and grace to everybody. What do you think? Should she be stoned? That's what the law says. And Jesus gave him the right answer. He, without sin, cast the first stone. Stone, And the Bible said from the oldest to the youngest, they all dropped their stones and walked away. Why? Right. Because if any one of them would have stoned her, they would have been calling themselves righteous without sin and they would have got stoned too. Did you know that? They would have transgressed the law. So they were in a, they couldn't could stone her. Amen? Right. Because Jesus came to give us grace and give us mercy. My last point here is that you, if you're going to walk in the grace and the blessings of God, you've got to walk in childlike faith. She said, according to your word, let it be done unto me. Childlike receptive faith. Jesus says in Luke 18, 15 and 17, then they, then they also brought infants to him. Talk about Jesus, that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter in it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're like we're, we're children of God. And we, don't need a, we need not to cast away our childlike faith. And we need to keep believing God no matter what it looks like in our lives. I am believing God. I believe that this church is going to affect this city and affect this nation. I'm telling you, we don't even know what we're going to be like in a few years. This church is growing stronger and stronger and stronger. The anointing of God. Christmas is Christ means anointing. And that anointing means it means the yoke destroying, burden-removing, power of God. And that anointing is on your life. You have the anointing of God on your life to set yourself free, to set people free, to set the city free. You are anointed. And start walking in the anointing. That destroys jokes and and destroys burdens. Glory to God. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you and upon you to do great and mighty things. Do you believe it? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And I thank you, Father God, for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love and I thank you, Father God, that your word is going forth. And perhaps you're here today, or maybe you're watching online, and you don't know, you don't have that joy of Christ, You don't have that joy of the Lord in your life, and you don't even know if you died today, you'd make it to heaven. Well, Jesus is the gift of life. And all you have to do is call upon him in a heart of humility. And the Bible says, if you call upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. So say this after me, if you're ready to receive Jesus today. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised in the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.